Hi there, Bulldogs. Welcome to Career Chat. This is Kylie, your host, an alumnus of DeSales University and a former career ambassador. I am super excited to be hosting this podcast to help provide all of you guys with valuable information relating to career development. Prepare to hear from our professional staff, students, and DeSales professors as we help you explore your interests, develop your skills, and implement a plan for a fruitful career in the future. With that being said, let's get started with this week's episode. Kristen, thank you so much for coming to uh, talk with me today. I really, really appreciate it. I think that this uh, discussion is one that's really important. I think it's one that everyone will be able to take something from. And most importantly, I think that you give very, very wonderful advice. And I think the students and kind of all the DeSales community is going to learn a, a lot from you. Well, thank you so much, Kylie. It's an absolute honor and a pleasure to be asked to be a part of DeSales Career Cast, the very first podcast here at DeSales. So I'm very thankful and appreciative that you thought of me as one of the folks to interview. Awesome. Well, I first want to start off, I I know that a lot of people know you around campus, but I think that what differentiates that is sometimes we don't know kind of personally we we think of like the professional staff as the professional staff and there's so much more you guys have wonderful stories of kind of your lives and your journey to where you are and I would love to know a little bit more kind of about you and about how the career development center has come come about and your entire journey I would love to learn a little bit more about that. Well, sure. I'm happy to. And you definitely hit upon a great point of getting to learn people and their stories because it's their stories that dictate the people that they've become and the path that they've chosen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So storytelling is just so integral to our growth and learning process. So if I can add to that, I'm happy to. Um, So for me, my, my journey in going towards a career was actually going towards elementary education. I Grew up in a household with two parents that were elementary school teachers, and it education was always ingrained in me. I would always play school with my sister and with my stuffed animals. I would make up tests, and I would torture my sister to take those tests. Um, I would always beg my dad if I could grade his papers for his students. So sometimes he would let me go in his briefcase and pull out a stack of papers and grade them. So I always just, I loved it and I loved teaching. So when I went on to college, I went to Marywood University, which is a small Catholic liberal arts school up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I said, you know what? I'm going to major in elementary education. And one phrase that has always stuck with me is you only know what you know. So I was going into college only knowing that field, that career path. Mm -hmm. So when I went away to Marywood, I majored in elementary ed. It was what just felt naturally to me. And also in my, my first two years at Marywood, I played on the women's basketball team. I was a basketball player throughout growing up. I played in AAU travel teams and leagues, and my parents would always be such great sports and drive me to games all over the, the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was something I wanted to try when I was offered a position on the team I did. 
And I loved it. I really made some great friends. I got to stay fit uh, and travel and see some other schools. But also while I was doing my, my undergraduate major, playing on the basketball team, I started to see my peers get involved on campus in different areas like student government and leadership uh, and campus ministry. And I said to myself, I wish I had time for that. How do I make time for that? And at 20 years old, I really sat and reflected. I remember calling my mother one night and asking for her advice, but I also called her very late. It was probably <laughs> around 11, 12 o'clock. And she said to me, Kristen, you're a big girl now. You can figure it out and hung up the phone on me. Um, so, you know, she was absolutely right. I had the tools. I knew what was best for me. And what that resulted in was me no longer playing basketball. Going into my junior year of college, I started to get involved in other areas of campus. I knew that basketball wasn't going to take me anywhere after college. I knew that my time could be spent in other ways that would further enhance my experiences and my skill sets. Because as an elementary ed major, I was on track to student teach. Mm -hmm. So there really wasn't time for internships or other types of outside experiences. So I wanted to get experiences on campus. Mm -hmm. And it was through that involvement and being a part of orientation and being a part of student government and student activities that I really started to say to myself, I really love college. And not just as a student. I love what college has to offer to students. And I remember sharing that sentiment with someone who became my mentor um, with her. And she said, you know, you can go on and get a master's degree in higher ed so you can do this for the rest of your life. And I really had never heard of this. And she started to share with me different graduate programs. She offered to help me explore them and write my personal statement. And the next thing you knew, I really was all about applying to graduate programs for higher ed. I knew I had to finish my elementary ed degree because that's what I had started. I knew that I had a student teach and that's what I did. But at the end of the day, when I got that diploma, that diploma was a piece of paper that said, I worked hard, I studied hard, I obtains transferable skills, but it's not dictating where I go with the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I knew that teaching elementary school was not the path for me to, to be happy for the long haul. It wasn't the path that I was going to sustain. I knew burnout was going to happen, but I knew higher ed was something that really piqued my interest. So I went on and got my master's degree at IUP. And while I was there, I had a graduate assistantship in their career center. So through that graduate assistantship and that graduate program, I really came into my own in terms of what it was that I wanted to do. And I truly look back on my college experience and say, I'm glad that I started out how I did. I'm glad that I played basketball for a while, but I'm also glad that I stopped and explored other options and met other people and got a mentor that really opened my eyes to where my strengths were and where my passions were. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to, you know, my graduate program, I really just decided that this is the path I'm going to take. I'm going to go into uh, a college or university and work in a career center. 
And I took, accepted my first job out of grad school at Virginia Tech, which is in Blacksburg, Virginia. Talk about a huge culture shock where uh-huh. I grew up in Staten Island, New York. And then I went to Scranton, Pennsylvania, where oh, I'll boy. never forget first day of orientation. I was in a, in a group with other freshmen and they were talking about John Deere and I never heard of John Deere. So I thought they were talking about a person. Um, (laughs) Come to learn, you know, the tractor, but I grew up in the city. I didn't, I wasn't exposed to farms. I always said the closest I came to a cow was at the zoo back home. So (laughs) you only know what you know. Yeah. (laughs) So going from, New York to Scranton and then all the way down to Southwestern Virginia. And when I went to Virginia Tech, that was my first time being alone, not knowing anyone. I was nine hours from my family, from my friends. And I, I struggled in my first six months because now I'm also paying all my bills. I'm not in an apartment with roommates mm-hmm. and we're sharing those expenses. So that reality hit. <clears throat> so that definitely was a, a learning experience, but I will never regret that experience because the five years that I was at Virginia Tech were probably some of the best five years of my life. Mm-hmm. I was in my early mid twenties. I didn't have any attachments. I wasn't married. I didn't have children. I had the opportunity to explore my career field even more, learn from experts in the field, Mm -hmm. experience a new environment. And I really attribute the individuals that I worked with on a professional level and that I became friends with on a personal level shaped the person that I am now. And I really... I don't think I would be where I am right now in my position at the sales had it not been from the mentorship, the guidance, and the experiences I was afforded when I worked in the Career Development Center at Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. So I was there for five years, like I had mentioned, as a career advisor. After five years there, I really started to reflect and say, okay, what is my next move? I know that I love working in this field. I know that I have a passion for helping students design their lives. And, you know, how do I take that to the next level for myself? I was looking at um, some job opportunities and I knew that I wanted it to take me closer to my family in New York. Mm -hmm. So as I was exploring jobs, I was applying for jobs within New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, And lo and behold, one day I was at my computer at work and an email had come through from the alumni listserv at IUP. And the individual that sent the email, some of you may know, uh, his name is Dr. Scott Mattingly. And Scott Mattingly went to the same grad school that I did, but graduated the year before I started. So our paths never crossed. But still, through being a member of the alumni listserv, anytime alum of this program have job opportunities, they post it and share it. So I, I saw that he posted there was a, at the time, it was called the career services and internships position. And it was a director position. And I remember sitting in the office, just like it was yesterday, sending an email out to Scott Mattingly and saying, 
I know that we don't know each other, but we did go to the same program. I saw your email come through. Do you have any time to talk more about this position? And if you all know Dr. Mattingly, he is one of the most giving, energetic, happiest people that just wants to make people um, also feel that joy in their job. Mm -hmm. So when I uh, spoke with him on the phone, he actually gave me his number and we talked on a Sunday, no less. And we talked for almost two hours telling me everything about DeSales and wanting to know about my passions, my interests. And by the time we got to the end of the conversation, he said, I really think you should apply. You know, I really think you would be a great fit here at DeSales. What you're saying, you have a lot of experience. So lo and behold, I submitted my documents and it was shortly thereafter that I received a phone call from Dr. Blumenstein. So if you know Dr. B, he was the chair of my search committee. And I will never forget Dr. Blumenstein picking me up at the ABE airport at eight o'clock at night and giving me a tour of campus in the dark in his car. He was the sweetest, kindest. (laughs) I didn't get to see much, but um, I got to stay in the Fromentine house the night before. And then the next day I had my interview and I interviewed with a number of people on campus that are still there. um, Some of which have now become my friends and they, they take credit for uh, bringing me to campus. (laughs) Um, And as a part of my interview day, I had about, uh, I'd say like a 30 minute break. And what I did on that break was I took myself to the DeSales bookstore and I said to myself, I'm going to work here. It's going to happen. So I bought myself a t-shirt and I remember the end of the day, the end of the interview, it was Dr. Manningly that drove me back to the airport and off I went back down to Blacksburg um, after that. It was not much longer, maybe a couple days where I got the phone call and I was offered the position and my gut told me, just as I always say to students with um, picking a graduate program or picking a school, your gut knows when it's the right fit. And I just felt like the whole process, uh, whether it was was God or my inner spirit just guiding me saying, this is where you need to be. So in July, June, June 2010, I packed up my life in Blacksburg and I drove back north and settled in the Lehigh Valley. And I've been here ever since. So this is my 11th year now at DeSales. Um, like I mentioned, when I first started, I was the, I was, my title was the director of career services and internships. It was a one person office at the time. And I shared a secretary with three other departments as well. So it was a tremendous learning curve because when I tell you, I came from a university where there were 27 people on my staff and we had our own building on campus. Oh my gosh. With 32 interview rooms and and then coming to a small liberal arts institution, which I was used to from my undergrad. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the feel, um, but yeah, walking into an office where it was just myself and I didn't know the culture. I didn't know the lay in the land. I was starting in the summer. So there weren't even students on campus. And I, I questioned, did I make the right decision? I, I had those moments where I called my, my previous boss and I said, 
I don't know if I can do this. And I, I said to her, I said, would you take me back? And she said, Kristen, you've got this. You've been trained. We believe in you. You can do this. And I literally hit the ground running. I took every nugget of knowledge that I learned through grad school and my five years at BT. And I started to set up meetings with people at DeSales. I met with faculty, with staff, with students. I learned what they were looking for and realized that I couldn't compare my last institution to this one because it was like apples to oranges. Mm -hmm. But there were techniques and skills and overall career guidance that is applicable everywhere. It was just a matter of adapting it to the new environment that I was in. And it took time. But, you know, if you look at it now, 10, 11 years later, I'm so fortunate that I stuck it out, that I continued my mentorships and took the advice that I needed, that I got professional development because I have a professional staff of three other women that work in the office. I have a student staff of 17 students. And and I say that not to toot my own horn. I say that because when you're passionate about something, When you believe in something, you're going to do everything in your power to make it grow, to make it flourish, and to make the people that work with you feel that as well and want to give back. And I have been extremely blessed to have a professional staff and a student staff that have that zeal, that love for um, designing lives. And, And how does that translate into a future and they truly just get excited when we talk about anything career-wise. That is so like just listening to that entire story like I knew most of it prior but just Uh again just makes me so happy and it makes me grateful because I feel like it's not very often that you get to see sort of the growth and and the the development of something. I mean a lot of times especially with colleges and things of that sort, like they'll say, oh, it's been around here for like 40 years and we've just always had this or something like that. But being able to really, you, especially being able to see this kind of come to life and grow is incredible. And even just hearing about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like something's growing like right in front of me. And even being a part of the staff, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just getting better and better every single year. And that's so, so amazing. And what makes it better and better every year, Kylie, is the students that work for me. I, I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart because the ideas that the students, the ambassadors and the associates and the career development center bring to the table and their initiative and their drive, it keeps us growing. It keeps mm-hmm. us going. And it's so important that a career development center be progressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at our times now and how challenging they are. And doesn't mean we're not going to hit other roads in the block. It's important that career development centers are aware of the changes in the industry, what Mm -hmm. the economy looks like, where are the jobs at. So being able to continue to change and grow is so important. But what makes it even more impactful is when your students are the ones initiating that Mm -hmm. change and that growth. That's, that's awesome. And I mean, it is very true. Just even thinking about this year, we have the new blog, we have the podcast, we have all of that. So it's honestly been such a 
great opportunity. I feel like especially this year for us to sort of like tap into creative ideas that we might not have thought of before, which is just, it's, it's just amazing. Like I, I just love seeing people be so passionate about something and especially looking at all the students currently working in the Career Development Center, you can, you can see it. And when I, when I talked about how my previous employment and the folks there really prepared me, it really was their leadership and how they always listened to me and they always acknowledged my ideas and they always let me try things and encouraged me along the way. And when I failed, they helped me understand why that leadership really I embodied that coming to this job and I continue to live it out that I want to give my staff the opportunity to try new things and grow and fail and Mm -hmm. and see what happens. So truly, I I really do attribute the skill sets and strengths that I have as a leader from those that have led me in the past. That's very, very true. So moving on a little bit, I know you spoke about... um, kind of your history with elementary education, um, you still sort of do a little bit of teaching with the, the course in the spring. So I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I know you teach a course in the spring focused on career exploration and kind of growth. And I know, um, I think it's really, really beneficial. And I know I, I've met with students who have taken the course and they really benefit it for from the course. But um, since obviously it's it's only the fall currently, what advice do you have for students that are trying to sort of juggle exploring their potential careers and also kind of exploring who they are? Like you said, you weren't really sure what, what you wanted to do. You know, you, you got to your junior year, you were like, basketball really isn't for me anymore. It's, it's not going to serve me as much as it was before. How do you kind of juggle all that, especially in today's world when things are so so, so different. (laughs) Right, right. Well, the class was something that was so important to me. And it was something that I, I had to do a lot of research on and present to the university. Um, They were a little skeptical at first. They weren't sure this type of course would, would be a, a hit that it would be something students would want to take. And then they also weren't sure that it was academic enough. And I really, like I said, did my research. I looked at other institutions and what they were teaching and and looking at ways that I can put my own spin on it, knowing that it um, was going to be tailored towards our students. And fortunately enough, there was a division that did accept my my proposal for my class. And I have been teaching it now. This will be my eighth year. So it's been eight springs (laughs) that the class has been offered. So that's a good sign. The class has been successful, right? Um, So the class falls under EXP 140. It's called career development and planning. Just because it's under EXP doesn't mean it's only for students that are exploratory. It is for any student. Each spring, my class is made up of freshmen to seniors, from students that are undecided to in finance to PAs. I've had PA and nursing majors in my class that know what they want to do. Well, then why why are they taking that class? That's usually the question I get. (laughs) The way that I've developed this class and the framework of it is based off of a book 
by Patricia Slim called Body of Work. And it really is looking at your whole self. You're not taught to go to college and find your why per se. You're taught to college, to go to college, to get good grades and get a job. It's all about return of investment, getting a job, getting a career. That's important. I'm not here saying that it's not. Yes, we all need to get careers and jobs that, you know, make an income that provide. But does it fulfill your why? Does it fulfill your purpose? And this class is all about the person's body of work. What are all those components that make up your who you are? You know, um, what inspires you? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? Who do you want to do it with? That's important to developing the career path that lies ahead. And the class starts off with doing various assessments. But also the book itself has different workbook chapters and each chapter builds on itself. And it takes you from the the assessments of looking at your skills, your interests, your personality, and your work values. What do you value in a work environment? It has you taking a deeper look at your past and who or what has influenced you in the past. And is that still an indicator in, in where you're going in the future? taking a look at the failures and the mistakes that you made. You know, what is that saying about you? Um, We also follow a series and watch a documentary called Road Trip Nation. And Road Trip Nation is all about young college students that are on the same journey, no matter where they are in this world, not even just on this continent, and how they're all going through that same process of finding their why. And the course also, we do things such as resumes and cover letters and interviewing, but you can't even touch that until you figure out your why and your purpose and your passion. So to just drill in the minds of, of youth to go to college, to study, to work on a resume, to interview, to get a job, it sounds great, but that's not how it works. Yeah. And if we really stop for a minute to think about what percentage of our lives go according to plan versus what actually happens, it's a pretty slim piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so important that we are coaching and working with our students to take it year by year, month by month, day by day. What are those aspects of ourselves that are dictating? what we're gravitating more towards. I've had students that have taken the career class that might be a PA or nursing major, and they appreciate the class just because it makes them more in tune with who they are. So as they're working and communicating in the hospitals, they have a better understanding of their strengths, of their passions. Sometimes it helps them figure out the area within the medical field. You know, I've had students that decide they're going to change their major as a result. I've had students that have gone from starting as a history major, switching to sport management as their major because they truly got to the heart of their why. So I always say to students, if you have elective credits and you're looking for a class that is going to really be self-reflective, I I call it a self-help class, Mm -hmm. uh, where you're going to dedicate a semester to really looking at yourself while also gaining the tools to be successful. So like I mentioned, a resume, cover letter, how to create your LinkedIn, how to network, that's all in there. 
But the culminating project in the class is your body of work. And you're presenting what that whole body looks like based upon what you built all semester long. I think too, one of the things that I see, so um, I know a book uh, by Dr. Ryan Gray, he talks about personal statements for medical school um, and very kind of similar. He says that you have a seed. Um, and one of the things I think of when you, when you think of kind of your purpose or your why, you can't get very far without it. You'll like, one of the things I think is if, if you, if you don't know what your why is, you're going to eventually be burnout. It's probably going to take a toll on your mental health. You really need to figure out your why, because that's the thing that keeps you going. If you don't have that, you know, it's, it's only going to take you so far. And I feel like that's what happens to a lot of college students. They say, I'm going to school. uh, In my case, I'm going to school for a biology major. I want to be a doctor, but why? So when the days get hard, when I have five tests in a day and I'm like, why is my, like, what's the point? And if I don't have an answer to that, it's not going to go well. No. And it can become very expensive. Yeah. I mean, I will never forget my roommate sophomore year of college changed her major five times and wound up having to stay two and a half years longer. And that oh, wasn't God. even for a graduate degree. That was just to finish her undergrad. Wow. Because she just major hopped without ever answering the why question and exploring, you know, who she was, what she wanted, what inspired her, what she wanted to do. So, you know, even from the cost standpoint and the time standpoint, it's important that that we're doing this. It is. And I, I think, too, especially... With today's world, there's there's so many ways to kind of explore the why. Um, but I think that sometimes students get into the habit of trying to do too much at once. Like they're trying to figure out the why and they're like, I'm going to join 12 different clubs and it's going to be fine. And I'll just be the president of every single one. and I'll just be in control of everything. And that's not how it works. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> Trust me, it's not. So do you have any advice um, for students for kind of how to say no because I know you've told me this before because uh, I know I, I've need I've needed to be told this before <laughs> to say no to things and I, I think that kind of the way way you framed this is so so important for students to hear because they're trying to figure it out but they think that the best way is by doing a million things and it's it's not oh that's such an excellent point Carly oh my gosh absolutely you don't need to do a million things to prove yourself. And it comes down to quality over quantity. What is it that you absolutely love to do that does not bring you stress that you would do without pay that when you wake up in the morning, you're excited about? Evaluate all the things that are on your plate and think about that. Because saying no is not a negative. Saying no is saying yes to yourself. And it is easier said than done. And if any of my friends listen to this podcast, they're going to say, oh, Kristen, we've told you this a million times. Um, Because I'm still learning to say no in both my personal and my professional life. And I'm starting to really look at it. And you know what's helped a lot? is COVID. Yeah. COVID-19 for as horrible, horrible as a time as it is, has truly helped me revisit what's most important, 
what fills my cup, what fills my heart. And as things are starting to resume a little bit more of normalcy, things are opening back up. I'm pulling back from some of the things I did do prior to because I realized the toll it took on my mind, on my body, on my spirit. And I think we all need to take a look at what has changed for ourselves over the past couple months. And even, you know, COVID aside, what are those things that you think to yourself or what keeps you up at night? Why keep, cause you're constantly, Oh, I got to go to this. I got to go to that. Well, tomorrow I got to do this. Those are the things that you really need to process and say, is it adding value or is it just adding stress? Yeah. And it doesn't mean by saying, no, you don't care about that person, that you care about that, that task, that you care about that sport, that you care about that organization. That's not the case. What you're really doing is saying, I care about myself. And if yeah. I don't care about myself first, nothing else is going to come into order. I think too, like one of the things is the, the reason I think of this too, is because I remember last year, um, I almost took a position to be a president of an organization. I almost offered to do it and I I didn't. And it was kind of expected that I might. And I said no, (laughs) which is like a groundbreaking thing for me. But the thing I thought too is if I do this, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to do everything. Like there's no way. So I would have to cut corners. I was already, I was involved with the CDC. I was involved with PACE. I was doing two different research projects and there was no way I was going to be able to dedicate adequate time to everything. I I would have had to not do my best work. And for me, that's really important because when I do something, I give my all to it. And for me to not be able to do my best work, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't, I can't cut corners just to get everything done. And if you're doing something for the sake of doing it because you like doing it, you should be able to give your all to it. And I think sometimes students feel like they should just be doing it for a checkbox, especially with, I feel like, graduate programs and things of that sort. People feel like they should be doing volunteering and all these things just to fulfill some sort of requirement. And that's not the case because when you do get to graduate school and all those things, they want, they're going to want to ask about it. And if all you can say is I did this, this, and this, and you know, I ended that day and I never thought about it ever again, they're not going to be very interested in that either. Right. It's, it's being authentic and being authentic to yourself and authentic to the people around you. And, you know, along the lines of what you're saying, Kylie, one of my phrases I always use is that I want to be proud to put my name on it. And if I'm not proud to sign my name to it, then I need to really think about my involvement or my engagement with that. Mm -hmm. And I think too, sometimes students, when they're trying to juggle everything, don't really know where to go. I think that sometimes it comes, and I've been there, it comes to a point where you're kind of like, I have so many things on my plate and I'm not sure kind of what to do with it. So do you want to kind of recommend some resources that are available for students sort of if they're juggling everything and they're like, this is way, way out of, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I've been there. And I honestly was like, what do I do? <laughs> like, I'm just right. kind of standing there with like everything on my plate and it's like toppling over. And I'm like, what's going on? 
Yeah, and and having and knowing your resources is so so important. Whether you're a student, whether you're faculty, whether you're an employee, no matter where you are in your life, knowing your resources and knowing that you feel safe and comfortable reaching out. And one of the many beautiful things of being uh, an employee, but also being a student into sales is knowing the support system Mm -hmm. and knowing how people truly do care. When they say they care, they mean it. And even when I've gone through some of my toughest times outside of work, the people at my job were always there for me, supporting me and and I didn't never lost, I never lost sight of that. So I encourage students that if you are struggling, you have resources and people that are want that want to get to know you personally as well as as a student. Um, you know, we have such a tremendous group of, of professionals over in Dorothy Day. Um, between our health and wellness center, we have ways that you can take care of yourselves both mentally and physically. Not only do they have nurses and counselors on staff, but they have a wonderful group of student leaders called pacers on staff that if you feel more comfortable just venting and getting out the stressors and or deciding, do I leave an organization? Do I stay? Do I change my major? Do I not? They're a great sounding board. Um, you also have Jamie Gerhardt's office with service and social justice, um, being able to sometimes get involved and do volunteer work with something that's other than your, your day-to-day life. It kind of takes your mind off of it and mm-hmm. focuses your attention on other people that really can benefit from your strengths and your skills. Um, looking at the amazing Academic Resource Center that we have. Um, They're so wonderful at helping with with tutoring and with helping you with your writing, um, knowing that you have that resource to help you. And then um, exploratory studies. You know, if you're someone that you don't know what you want to major in, great program. Um, But truly, DeSales has so much to offer, so many people that are willing and wanting to help you and and want to hear what your thoughts are, that want to take into account your feedback, because that's what makes their offices better and stronger. So don't hesitate ever. And if you don't even, if you don't know the person to go to, Ask someone who you are comfortable with, ask a peer or ask a faculty, and I guarantee they'll know the person to put you in touch with. Um, But it's just so important that you have people to process your thoughts with. If you are someone that's more of an internal processor, I would encourage you to maybe have that one, one person that go to, that mentor that maybe you can talk things through and they might help you to, um, figure things out uh, in a more intimate or quieter setting. But I think being able to get things out of your brain and on paper or into someone else's ears makes a big difference. I think too, um, one thing I learned like transferring from a big school to a smaller school is that the professors here will sit down with you for as long as it takes and talk about whatever you need to. I remember when I got here, one of the first people I talked to was Dr. Laura Goodsusian um, in the biology department. And her and I are just fantastic. Uh, just, she's amazing. She's so, so sweet. And I remember when I came here, 
I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what I should get involved in. I'm not sure. And she just basically was such a great sounding board sort of within my area who could refer me to people she knew specifically and she would let them know I was coming. And that way, um, so say I needed to talk to Dr. Himmelberger, who's the pre-health advisor. She would send an email and say, oh, this is Kylie. She's new to the sales. Uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you set up a meeting with her that we can get to know everyone? The professors here too care so much about your lives. They're invested in, in you and they care about what you are thinking and what you are want to do with your lives and especially if you're not sure where to go to they're a wonderful place to kind of refer you to someone or even if you have questions about a specific major or career they are a really great resource because they've been in the industry so they're they're a wonderful sounding board as well I believe and I think sometimes students just they're looking for that permission, that permission that it's yeah. okay to ask for help or to change that major or change that career path. And, and this is me telling you, you have the permission. Go ahead. There's nothing wrong with asking for help or saying that you can no longer do something because it is, it's not, it, you're not able to give that 100%. In my years in the Career Center, I've had a few career ambassadors that have served a year with us and then going into their second year have had to come to me and say, I hate to do this, but I need to pull out because I know I can't give it my 100%. And they're always nervous to come talk to me about that, but I applaud them. I tell them that, thank you. I appreciate it because you're looking out for your own well-being. Mm-hmm. We're going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. The career center is still going to run the clubs, organization and teams that maybe you say no to for one year or more. They're going to be fine. They're still going to keep running, but are you going to be fine? So you have to keep that in mind that you and your health come first. So saying no is saying yes to you. Yeah. Well, Kristen, I think that this is a wonderful way to wrap up, but one last thing I want to add, So say someone wants to get in contact with you, how can they do that? Absolutely. You can, of course, come see me in the Career Development Center. I love visitors. Um, Right now, you can schedule an appointment with me through Zoom, through my Calendly link. Um, But shoot me an email you know, kristen.icultatthesales.edu and say, I listened to the podcast and it really, it struck a chord with me. And I want to talk to you some and and see if you can help me process some things or sign up for my career class in the spring. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you will not, not regret it. I've not met one student in eight years that has regretted taking that class. Um, So yes, Come visit me, set up an appointment with me. You can just set up an appointment to say, Kristen, I want to get to know you more because I like what you're saying and I find it to be helpful. That's how I've hired some of my career ambassadors is because they just come and sit down and talk to me. The next thing I say is, would you like to apply to be an ambassador? (laughs) I think think you have the passion to do this. Um, So don't be afraid to reach out to me, email me. I'm more than happy to talk to anyone of, of the students, faculty, or staff at DeSales. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you for taking the time to kind of share all this lovely information with everyone. I think it's very, very important. And I think that it's really gonna, gonna help some students who may be, you know, struggling with kind of everything going on right now, especially. Yes. It's a hard time for everyone. And I, I think you phrased very beautifully that saying no is saying yes to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Kylie, so much. And I wish you the best of luck and success as you go throughout (laughs) your studies and continue to do these podcasts. Oh, thank you. Well, there you have it, guys. I would like to thank Kristen for taking the time to zoom in with me and share her story, her amazing and insightful story about how she got to the Career Development Center at DeSales University and how she said no to things to say yes to herself. And I think that's so, so important, especially now in the world we live in. There's so many opportunities in front of us and we really need to make sure that we are saying yes to ourselves and saying yes to what we need most and making sure that we are taking care of ourselves as well. With that being said, I hope you have a great week.